0: There are a million ways to make money in the food service industry. You just have to find one. On the Titans of Food Service podcast, I interview real life movers and shakers in the food game who cut through all the noise to get to the top. My name is Nick Portillo and welcome to the Titans of Food Service podcast. Let's jump right into it. Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Titans of Food Service Podcast. This is episode number 20. The world of artificial intelligence, it's here. And I'm sure you've heard about it, or maybe you've used it yourself but today we're gonna dive a little bit deeper into it and how it can help you in your food service business. I welcome Scott Embringham, he's the CEO and owner of Embringham Media Group. We go into detail about his business and how he services his customers and his clients, how he leverages AI, and I hope that you can take at least a nugget or two from what Scott is saying, because he is just a wealth of knowledge when it comes to the artificial intelligence space, and I really think you're gonna like what he has to say. So. Let's not waste any more time let's just get right into it all right scott well welcome to the titans of food service podcast i'm pumped to have you on today i appreciate you taking time i know you're a busy guy and uh come and join me here on the podcast thanks for having me i appreciate it looking forward to of course it. of course so before we begin, maybe start off and give a little background on yourself. What is it that you and your company do? Uh, how did you get into that? Just a, 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 a background.
1: Sure, sure. I had a, a circuitous route. In 2018, I had an agency, 10 million in sales, serving the automotive industry. And I'm in Las Vegas, having the time of my life. Life couldn't be better accepting awards, we just helped one car company sell a billion dollars worth of cars and trucks. Life was good, and when I walked back into the office on Monday, I found out it was all coming apart. Two of my largest clients had fired their ad agencies. Their ad agencies were my clients. We just hit 10 million in revenue, winning all these awards, and within about 30 days, I lost everything. Oh, and wow. so, that was the beginning of a whole new ball game for me. After 20 years of building a company, Within 30 days, everything was gone. But what was worse is I now had a half a million dollar line of credit hanging over my head because we were funding all the growth. And when I lost everything, I had no customers, no clients, no prospects for clients. And my head was spinning. And then the bank called and they said, well, listen, we're really sorry to hear about everything. But you got about 90 days to start making payments or we got to take your house because it was all tied to my house. And that began the journey for me about looking at marketing in a brand new way. Instead of these big clients, it was, I looked at marketing as a way to survive now. And so for about 30 days, my head was spinning, but then I got a knock on the door from an EOer, somebody from entrepreneur organization. And he said, listen, I know it's bad and I know it looks bad, but today is a new day and it's a new opportunity to start moving forward in a new direction. Maybe if you could figure this thing out, you could actually help a lot of people. And after all, everybody knows you as the guy who you can get customers fast with social media. Now's the time to prove it. So I did something that never I never thought I'd do before. I actually put it all on social media. I told everybody I lost everything. I took a picture of myself in my dad's office and it was sitting at a chair. That was my new desk. I went for this big beautiful office 40 employees, no employees sitting at this chair, and I had to build a brand new plan to try to save my house and save my life, you know, my business life. And um, and that was the beginning of a brand new journey for me. And I'm happy to say in 88 days, I was able to pay off the bank loan, restart my business, re-qualify for entrepreneur organization, and build a brand new business serving new clients. And it was a big, big watershed moment in my life and in my career, for sure. That's, I mean, that is incredible. I mean, that, that that's
0: a story you read about in like a book, that is I mean <laughs> great for you and I mean what a what a comeback in those 88 days you said that you paid off the bank loan what were some of the ways kind of the quick ways or you know because it happened rather quickly what were some of the ways that you got money back into the door?
1: Yeah a good good question. I knew that um, I knew that automotive was a long sales cycle sure so I put together essentially a plan and it was an eight-step plan and it started off with who I was going to target. And I got really clear on who I was going to target. And part of the targeting process is understanding where they live on social. So I actually had been asked several times by other EOers, hey, could you help me with my marketing? And to that point, I'd always really kind of passed because I was really focused on the niche of automotive. But I decided that I was actually opening up to anybody and everybody. I mean, it was a brand new day. It wasn't, I'm just an automotive digital marketing agency anymore. I was I'll help anybody. My first client was an EOR who needed help with his pool pool business, huh? but I started out and I got really clear on who could I help right now, and and I wrote this thing out, which is like a temperature gauge, hot, warm, and cold, and it's a really simple idea It's a way to segment who I can serve, who I can help right now. And I have to give credit to a guy named David Meltzer. Have you know David Meltzer, the guy who did Jerry Mag- Jerry Maguire guy, yeah, the the, the G- David Meltzer was one of the first guys I met with when I lost everything. And I, and I came and I sat down with him. I told him my, my challenge. And he said, may I give you a suggestion? Because I've been in your shoes. I've been in your shoes where I lost everything. And I had to think about everything brand new. I said, I'll take any advice you got. And he said, I want you to think about who you can serve. Right now, you're thinking about how you need money, how you need to build your business again. That thinking will drown you. It'll keep you from getting what you want. I want you to actually turn it around and think, who could you serve right now? And I'd always had this this, this, uh, this sort of campaign idea that when I worked with Ford, when I worked with Chrysler, we divided segments of audience into cold, warm, and hot. Hot are the people that knew you, understood you, trusted you, would buy from you right now. Then there was the warm. There were the friends of friends who might be tangentially familiar with what you do that would take less selling to close a deal. And then there was the cold that didn't know you, didn't trust you, didn't even know you were alive. And it's a really simple idea. Which prospect, which segment is going to close faster? Which segment is more likely to do business with you today? And so when I was talking to Dave, he said, who can you serve right now? Not tomorrow, not not next week, but who can you serve today? And I just happened to be on the board of EO. And I decided that when I went to my board meeting, I was going to help. And so I was the Marcom chair. So I started doing social media like just a a madman for the chapter. And um, as I did that, board members came to me and said, hey, could you help me with my digital marketing and social media? He, yeah. he basically got me to reframe everything into, in, instead of trying to get something because I had never been in that position where I just lost everything. The clock was ticking for me. And he said, listen, you need to focus on serving. And it's, it's, it sounded actually, Nick, pretty insane at the time because all I could think about is I've got a mortgage, I've got child support, I've got all these things and I need money now. I need customers now. And he said, go out and serve. Think about how you can contribute to the meeting. So at that, at the time I was going to a board meeting, I'll never forget, I'm like, why could videotape everybody at the board? And you know what? I could probably create a video of everybody on the board and see if I could help them with their business. So I just thought about serving in that process and actually serving. Like people would say to me, what do you do? Hey, tell me, could you do this for my company? I happen to need this. So we started racking up new clients. I started promoting uh, what we were doing for our clients, wins, And uh, I got a call from Ford and some of the other clients that had seen us on social. And it was all about offering value, offering service. And the second thing was, where do they live? I looked at where my customers lived on social. And so I went all in on LinkedIn and I was already connected with all the automotive folks. So we started producing videos and content, how we generated a billion dollars worth of sales. And we walked everybody through step by step how we did that with digital marketing and social media so i got some calls from Ford just offering massive massive value on linkedin i joined facebook groups of small businesses joined facebook groups offered value there and just offered value everywhere i went and um, and it started coming back to me
0: wow I, one congratulations and two that's that's truly incredible You mentioned that prior to really focusing on who you serve, you're focused on the money and and getting in money right now. What about prior to 2018 when your business, when you're building to 10 million, what was kind of your mindset then?
1: Niche down. Niche down, specialize, be the best at something. I'll never forget there was a watershed moment in, in several years before. We were probably at a million or $2 million and we were serving all kinds of different niches and we were in a planning session and the question came up during a planning session, what could we be the best in the world at? And one of the folks said, well, maybe we could be the best in the world at automotive or be the best digital marketing agency in the United States. I said, Re- realistically, I don't think that we're going to be that. I'd like to, but I don't think we're going to be the best digital marketing agency in the agency. How do we even claim that? How do we prove that? And then we bounced around a handful of ideas. We had one large automotive client. It was Ford and the Lincoln Mercury division. And when we started looking at Lincoln Mercury, we had a big juice client. We had all these different clients We said, if we were the best digital marketing agency for Lincoln Mercury, part of the Ford, which at the time owned like Mazda, Volvo, Land Rover, Jaguar, if we could be the best for those guys in this one little space, what would that mean to our business? We're like 2 million. And we thought about it. We said, gosh, we could actually grow significantly just within that Ford environment. And I'll never forget, we had a couple of products, email marketing at the time, online media, some banners. Uh, banner ad programs. We said we could productize these and roll these out. If we just had four more automotive groups, Southern California, Texas, New York, we could double or triple our business. So we went all in, we niched down. Uh, We didn't fire our other clients yet, but we went really all in on that niche. And lo and behold, we ended up starting picking up multiple accounts. When we sold in one group, the way car companies worked, is they had like 38 different automotive groups throughout the country. So when we sold into one, word got out for the second and the third. And then all of a sudden, we sold one product 38 times across the country with annual contracts. That changed our business completely. And after about a year, we got into four and five million. We got into the Ford side of things, and we took that same model and applied it to other automotives. But niching down was a big game changer. And And it took risk, too. There was risk because other folks said, well, if we don't go after the other juice clients if we don't go after these other things what's that going to do and it worked until it didn't until right. that horrible day in in 2018 when two of our largest automotive clients fired their ad agencies and 90% of my revenue just evaporated
0: prior to that you mentioned that you know you're going to really draw niche down into ford were you selling or were you servicing brands outside of the automotive indi- industry or just in that industry
1: yeah, at the time we were serving all kinds of different companies. We had a juice client, we had a plastics client, we had, you know, we had several non-automotive clients and it's been a while, but we had clients all over the map. And because of that, as a marketing person, it's very difficult. You have to go in and to really help somebody grow their business, you need to understand their business. To understand their business, you need to know their clients. You need to know the industry that they're in. Maybe there's some seasonality to it. You need to know the target audience. And it became very difficult to try to serve that many industries, that many categories and in that many environments. And so every product or service that we offered was so different, it was virtually impossible to scale. We were constantly challenged with bottlenecks inside the organization just because it took a long time to learn those different businesses. When we focused in on automotive, we isolated three problems that they always had. And that's something I do today with with our clients is we've tried to boil it down to three specific problems that they have. And in the automotive space, if you ask anybody there, they're focused on oftentimes sales events, service events, or test drive events. So we've focused in on products or services that would help them do more during those particular events. And then when we offer it in one group, multiple groups would end up buying that service.
0: How would you identify those three problems? Would you send out would you do a survey of your current client base or or how would you figure out these are the three exact problems that that the people that we're trying to serve
1: have? Yeah, that's a great question. I for for us it was for me it was about being in the markets themselves. So I actually would volunteer to go present to dealer groups. And nothing, nothing, no survey, no telephone survey, no online survey gives you the depth of sitting with the dealer, sitting with your clients on an ongoing basis. So I flew around the country nonstop, and I'm sure there's other ways to complement what I did, but there's what is said in a meeting, And then there's what's said the night before the meeting or after the meeting, when you're sitting around the regional marketing managers and the dealers and the agency people. In any meeting, there's only so much somebody can really say. There's some politics at play, there's budget constraints, there's some authority figures that maybe you don't wanna say certain things. But when you're sitting in the room and you see the eye rolls and you see the conversations or you hear the conversations at dinner the night before, you really get a feel. One of them was a really simple thing. I had a boss at the time who said, is I want, and this is before I had my company, this is a long, long time ago in the agency business. My client said, we're looking for a go-to-market approach that we can offer all the groups. And he was looking for something. He didn't even know what he was looking for. But he was looking for a product or service that could serve all the different car companies. And I remember going to all these different groups and we were focused on these other types of services. But what I noticed was every single dealer group I went to, automotive group, they had one common problem. Ford Motor Company or Chrysler, or Toyota, they were sending out emails at the time, but in the market areas, they actually had a better offer available and they weren't telling anybody. And it was a real simple thing and people were complaining about it. And so we were focused, I don't even know what we were focused on at the time, but this other problems. But then I thought, I wonder if there's a way to get into the national database, segment that database down by market, create a process where they could make their local offers available and push out an email twice a month to that segment of the audience that would benefit from knowing that there's a great deal happening in Southern California. Now, it doesn't sound like a lot, but at the time, that was a big deal. And so we rolled out an email campaign. And that was one of the very first products when I jumped ship. I started my company that we ended up offering that everybody wanted. It was a simple idea. And it it was solving one specific problem. How do we tell people about our offers that are available in our marketplace, and how do we get it done inexpensively and quickly, and then how do we create a variable product so other markets can jump on that and do it the same way. And oftentimes, where our biggest breakthroughs have been is we've come up with simple ideas to solve problems, problems that they have. And really, the the way to find out what those problems are is being in that marketplace helps a lot.
0: Yeah, I bet. For my business, we We're a food service broker. And so the way it works is we represent food service manufacturers. And what we really do is connect them with large operators. For us, an operator would be a restaurant or a casino, anywhere where they serve food. And we're kind of like a multi-line rep. And so we'll go in, sample their product with the chef, and then they can buy it through their distributor, whoever that may be. And in my industry, there's, there's a handful of us that do it here locally. There's a handful that do it regionally. There's a handful of us that do it nationally. And we've been working on, you know, our industry has become a little bit of a commodity. And so it's looking at what are some value-added services, I think, to equate back to what you were saying, kind of like doing an email campaign. So we're looking at how can we break out services that we maybe offer a little bit today, but can do more of, and really being more of a benefit to that, to our customer's ecosystem. And so we've done this, we've sent out a survey to some of the people in our industry, identifying what are your pain points how can i save you you know an hour a day what are some of the things that you're confused about our industry about you know questions kind of along that and it's interesting to read some of the responses and it's some some of the problems that these people have i never even thought that they had so it's, it's very unique to, to do that. But I love your idea of going out and talking to the people directly. We've definitely thought of doing like um, an advisory council where we can have customers on there and talk and brainstorm and do kind of like a think tank back and forth with different ideas.
1: Yeah. You know, along the same lines, you gave me another idea is yeah. there's two other things that we've done in the past couple of years that have benefited us a lot. One of them is to create these, lo- uh, these monthly workshops so every month I'm in front of 100 or 200 businesses and we're educating them on some specific marketing approaches that they can use and then we make an offer at the end of the workshop and then we get feedback but by making offers to solve problems you can find out when they don't buy the offers we know that we're not solving the right problems and and by being in front of a group of Uh, potential customers and saying, here's what we think your problems are. And here's three ways, three secrets to solve those problems. You can see the attendance at the workshops. You can see the participation at the workshops. You can see the back and forth when you're on the workshop. You can actually see who's engaging or just like who's turning their camera off and bailing. It's pretty good feedback. You know, yeah, that's a good if, point. <laughs> if 20 minutes into your workshop, half the audience is gone. That's pretty, it's brutal feedback, but it's great feedback. It means that you're not solving problems. But if, if everybody's there till the end of that workshop and they're still there asking questions, you know, your gold. And it's funny because we created these workshops and in 2019, I decided I'm going to serve. I'm going to serve. And EO guys gave me the, the, uh, the formula there. I had this eight step framework on how any business could set up a marketing plan—you know, starting with your targeting, starting with your goals, starting with your budgets—and and we we shared with these we shared frameworks with these folks on how to do this. It could be it could be the restaurant down the down the road. It could be a law firm. It could be anything. So we we walked them through these frameworks, and then we offered an online social media course on how to buy ads and, and execute a campaign. Interestingly enough, it wasn't until we started solving more basic problems that everything else took off. And it was through the feedback, through the conversation every single month with potential customers where we started fine-tuning our message. We would offer education, see who stuck around, see how many people registered for the workshop, had titles for them, uh, just offered massive value. They were all free. And then we'd make an offer at the end. And we tracked that data really carefully. How many people registered? How many people showed up? How many people stayed to the end? And how many people ended up buying the offer. And we watch it really carefully. And sometimes it was a brutal lesson and sometimes it was a great lesson. But in the end, with the customers we now work with, it, it's remarkably simple problems that we solve. Where do I get started? What do I say? How do I get it done faster and cheaper? Oh, you know, uh, enter AI. Some of these things are so simple where I was solving these complex problems that were interesting to me, but then I was workshopping at global speakers Academy and I got some feedback from, from some other entrepreneurs. They said, Scott, I'm not interested in retargeting. I'm not interested in exclusion audiences. I'm not interested really in setting pixels so I could do conversion type ads. I don't even know where to start. I don't know what to say. Like I'm a, I'm an owner of a business. And I don't know the framework of where I start with my content, where I start with my ads. So we developed these really basic frameworks. Here's where to start. Here's a framework on how to build out all your content ads. Anybody could do it. And here's how to get it all done faster than you ever imagined. They were like, that's what I want. That's what I want. So we called it the authority framework and it just exploded. It exploded. So
0: you mentioned AI and you started incorporating AI into your process and kind of making very complex problems very uh, you know, much more easy and probably digestible as well. How did AI play a, a factor or a role into that? What did that look like?
1: Yeah, it was. It was. We were on a workshop. It was all by accident. I wish I could say, you know, I I saw the future. And here's what we did. It was by being in front of customers constantly through our workshops, through these meetings, and then I would teach people these basic frameworks. You remember Mad Libs when you were a kid? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I teach people these frameworks when, say I'm working with Nick, and you're about to shoot a video. And you're like, you know, I want to shoot a video, and I want to talk about the value that I offer, and I'm not sure how to approach it. There's a really basic framework. I call it my what to say framework. And it's a really basic framework, but it's kind of a Mad Libs framework where if I teach you the structure, you could do it in a second. So, I'll be sharing that at uh, some of the stuff that we're doing. Like, uh, we've, got a, we've got a talk that we're doing for the chapter. So, yeah. I'm teaching these basic frameworks. And then, Along comes AI and I'm teaching these people frameworks on where to start, what to say, and how to get it all done. And I'm showing them how to do it with virtual assistants. AI comes out, ChatGPT3 comes out and my old developer is on the call and he goes, dude, you know that you could take those frameworks, put it on a landing page so then Nick can answer like four questions. You answer your name, your business, your email address, your website, your ideal customer, who you serve, someone in the food service industry, name three problems you solve, name three solutions they're looking for, name three ways your product can help them. We could plug that into ChatGPT3, parse out all the information, and like that, develop 12 ads, 12 social media posts, a blog custom for you, um, and a four-touch email sequence. And so I'm with my developer, and I said, how hard would it be to build that? He goes, well, It's not easy, but we could build it. So I said, build me a demo for next month. Let's make an offer to everybody on our workshop. We'll call it AI Content Pro. We'll make it dirt cheap and see if people are interested. So it's a software that sits on top of of ChatGPT3 and now ChatGPT3.5 and now four. And now it's a way for customers to just fill out some information, like name of your business and email address. And that then gets parsed out in all email campaigns. Your ideal customer, the problem's that you solve, the solutions they're typically looking for, and the product offering, and it builds the entire campaign for you. 30, 60, or 90 days worth of content. And for the guy who's maybe got a nail salon or a professional service business who doesn't want to learn all that stuff, who just wants to fill out like four questions, it's gold. And for that, we said, wow, that is a service that we can offer. We found that the adoption of it was fantastic. The retention is fantastic. It solves a real simple problem people have. Because they don't want to have to build a campaign. It's through our frameworks. We can parse in a chat ChatGPT3, let them do it. It comes out in an editable doc. They can edit that a little bit the way they want it, and they're done. Now, you just replaced, I mean, in the old days of marketing team, <laughs> there's me, there's my copywriter, my social media manager, there's my video editor, my image editor, there's all this team. And now with a virtual assistant and AI and some frameworks, you can have an entire campaign in... Literally minutes, uh, 30 days, 60 days, 90 days of content. And so solving that specific problem was something we leveraged ChatGPT 3 to do. So, did you, you mentioned a
0: software. Did you build a software that it integrates into ChatGPT or? Yeah. And for those who don't know ChatGPT, maybe a little background on, on what that is.
1: It is a language model. That allows you to think of it as a virtual assistant that's plugged into all the content prior to, to 2021, and it's something that is I've I've never seen anything like this before. And uh, as they ro- they just rolled out Chat GTP three or four yesterday, and it allows you to essentially act as a virtual assistant. You can ask it virtually anything. It'll scour the internet and bring back a result. So for example, for us, we gave it a command to write a marketing plan for a dealership. So we're working with the dealership and they said, we said, what problem do you need to solve? And they said, well, we have a test drive event coming up. We said, for what? They said, the Ford Explorer said, got it. We gave them four questions to answer. The name of your dealership, the vehicle you're trying to sell, they called it a summer test drive event. And we told, we said, what customers or what type of vehicles do you compete with? That's all we needed. And then we automate the prompts back into chat gtp 3 Now they could do it themselves. It'd take them a little while, but we organize the prompts in such a way it says, give me a marketing plan. It spits out a marketing plan because we know the dates. Give me five names that we could call this test drive event, knowing that it's the name of the dealership is X. It gives us five names spit out a four touch email campaign, knowing that we're marketing say the Ford Explorer, we're competing with these four different vehicles. It will look online and see how the Ford Explorer is better and different than those other competitive vehicles. And it writes the email beautifully, uh, better than any copywriter could probably write, especially Mm -hmm. if they're a junior copywriter, in that fast, in, in moments, not a month, a blog, ads, we even said to Chad gtp 3 uh, you ever heard of a guy named Dr. Robert Cialdini? No, I haven't. Brilliant guy. Uh, wrote a book called Influence. And what he found okay. was there were seven keys that uh, triggered a buying decision. Scarcity, authority, reciprocity. They were cross gender, cross sort of generations, cross ethnicities. And he did this wonderful study that showed examples of how you could offer genuine value and create reciprocity in a relationship where somebody just wanted to give back. Or you could create authority. doctor comes in a lab coat, you're more likely to take a command or a request from somebody in a lab coat. So how do you use that? You know, people have diplomas on their wall to create an impression of authority. There's all these subtle cues. So we commanded chat GPT-3 in our commands to write everything using Dr. Robert Cialdini's seven steps of influence model. So an email campaign goes out and they're thinking it writes the email using authority in the first one. Hey, here at XYZ Ford dealership for the last 20 years, we've served this many people and these, this many thousands of families in this market showing authority or social proof. So they use those cues from that book. It's referencing the book and the strategies within the book to write a better email. Your average copywriter that's 20 years old that maybe hasn't read some of those strategy books and all those things, how's he, how's he or she going to reference that? With the right commands, you could tap into the greatest minds that have ever lived and say, write that email as if Dr. Robert Cialdini was writing it using the six or the seven strategies of influence. And all of that is indexed online. And in minutes, you see an email cranking out, its output. And now this little dealership that we're working with in Tacoma, Washington, has emails, blogs, ads, all written as if Dr. Robert Cialdini himself was sitting over there marketing <laughs> and it's for 197 bucks. That's a crazy one time. one time. Yeah. Or as many campaigns as you want. And so we just wow. baited it. And that's when we said at the end. I said, you know, we've made some real stinker offers. We made some offers that nobody wanted them. But this one we said 197. And you get 30 days of content, and all of a sudden at the end of the at the end of the workshop, everybody signed up. And that's what we knew we'd solved a problem because not everybody wants to a chat three and four is a, a brilliant. I don't even know the mechanics behind it. It's like I don't know how the light switch works, but I know that when I turn it on, it works. And so as we played with it early on, we saw it as an interesting tool. But our clients, what they said to us was actually a very different, what that EO clients would say. Our clients. A gal who owns two boutiques, one in Lagoon and one in Orange, Orange, California. She's mm-hmm. like, I don't want to do chat, whatever the hell you're talking about. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I just want to try to sell some stuff. My source said, Well, what do you want to do? And she said, Well, I want to do like a fashion show, like a virtual Facebook Live fashion show. Like, how do I do that? I said, No problem. So we set up uh, our, our product, um, AI Content Pro. I said, Well, what do you need? She goes, I need a Facebook event description, emails blogs, ads, and content. I said, how many days? She goes, I don't know, like 30 days worth of content. And her social media manager was, was going to charge her like 800 bucks a month. We said, we built that into the system. We said, fill that out. The name of your business, your email address, your website, your ideal customer, mom in Laguna Beach, what three problems do you solve? And you're done. She hit submit and in her inbox comes a 30-day campaign. She's like, Wow. It's a, it's a mind blower. And now it's solved a problem. She can get her campaign done in minutes without any technical skills. And that was the other thing. She didn't need to learn chat three or four or whatever it is. Cause there's a lot of clients out there that are saying, look, I'm 50 or I'm 60 and I'm 50, but I'm 50 or I'm 60 and I am 50 but i am 50 or 60 and i do not want to learn. I just figured out LinkedIn, Instagram, and TikTok, And now there's chat three and there's these other things. I just don't want to do that. I want to run mm-hmm. my business. So marketers have an opportunity to figure out how to use these tools on their behalf.
0: I know somebody who owns a, a retail, uh, essentially a meat market yep. and the meat market has been around for just over 40 years and it is a traditional butcher shop. I mean, straight out of like a, a movie, you go in there and, you know, it's the same meat cutters that have been there forever. And now they they they're, they're positioned right next to a college for one. And they're trying to think of ways to get more customers into the boat, especially, into the door. Especially, you know, if you're a, a kid at, at the school, you're only there for four years. How can I attract that person to come in in their four years' time? Hmm. So they're trying to get onto social media, but they don't know where to begin, and they don't know what's the cadence. And I think the biggest issue that they have as well is content. What content am I going to create? You know, me personally, I have somebody who posts on LinkedIn uh, frequently, you know, throughout the every week. And it's hard to sit there and think, what am I going to post today? So in the case of an operation like this, they can fill out the form, right, through AI Content Pro, and mm-hmm. they get all the content. Now, what about posting that content online? For Instagram, like, is like, there photos that are attached or do you have like a how-to on how to do that as well?
1: Yeah, not yet. So that's connected to, we have an online coaching program and then we introduce them to editors. We also have partnered with a uh, virtual assistant company. So for starting at $7 an hour. So when you get AI Content Pro or you hire, we partnered with a company called Move. He's a fellow entrepreneur organization person he has virtual assistants that are trained on our software. So when you get somebody from Move, they're already trained on our software. And then they can go out, use our software to produce can- uh, content you know, immediately. And then they can help with the content, with the images, as, a, as an example, or editing videos. And then all of their folks are in our coaching program where we teach them. I call it the authority model. And so if I was going to market Nick. Mm-hmm. We have a thing called the authority model. And so you're already authority in the space, but we would create content that's problem-specific, solution-specific, product-specific, and objection-specific. Problem-specific is, I don't know Nick yet, but I've got this problem. And if you could hear, I'll I'll give you an example. Think of your, picture an ideal client of yours. Okay. And they just had a very difficult night. They didn't get any sleep. They were wrestling with some problem as it relates to a, a problem you could solve. If they were to call one of their best friends in the morning after having a difficult night's sleep, what problem would they say they were wrestling with? And in non-marketing speak, in plain English, they didn't get any sleep. And if you could hear that conversation, you'd say, I could help that guy or that gal. What would they say?
0: Definitely around um, an assistant, you know, saying that I am tasked with too much. I'm covering too much area. I can't respond to everybody. I the follow up is just insane. I, I can't uh, inputting calls into my CRM system. Like it's just, it, there's too many people reaching out, wanting things for me. I don't have time. I need somebody
1: to help me uh, essentially buy back my time. Got it. Okay. So as it's, as it relates to sales related activities, correct? Is that Okay. Correct. Okay. Um, so we would have our, we would have you fill out what are your, what are the three problems that your customers are wrestling with? We import that into chat three and we come up with five mistakes. What is your, what is like the headline of your ideal customer? Somebody in the food service? What's the title they're associated with?
0: Yeah. Like uh, vice president of sales for food service.
1: Okay. So wrong way, but I would say we'd port that into chat three just by you filling that out and it would come back with. Four mistakes food service pros make that are killing their sales. Uh, seven time sucks that every food service pro needs to be avoid in order to maximize sales. So we have craft that, and we port, and, and just by you saying these are the three problems my food service pro is wrestling with, it mm-hmm. comes back with BuzzFeed type blogs and articles that you're producing that now are available as blogs, are available as social media posts, is available as ads, available as emails. And now if you came out with a five questions every food service pro needs to answer to maximize sales, that's your five-touch email, that's your blog, that's your five ads. You have three of those that are spit out and you've got all this problem content that you're just serving. It's it's what David Meltzer told me, just serve. And when Nick Nick is solving my problems, is telling me five mistakes to avoid, five questions I need to ask before I even buy a CRM system. Dude, he's my guy. I love that guy. He's been solving my stuff. And then you're also producing solution. My next question to you is, Nick, after they're coming up with those problems, what are the solutions? What's one or two solutions or three solutions, why do you ask for three, that they might be looking for once they know they've got a problem? What are the three solutions that they're actively looking for?
0: Yeah, maybe a solution could be uh, a virtual assistant. Maybe a solution could be maybe some sort of like accountability group that they could be a part of. Maybe a solution could be I need somebody to essentially give me copy to put into my email so I can do cold outreach. You know, things like that. Love it's, it. It's so that's your solution.
1: next. That's your next set of ads and your and your emails. We'd have three different variations of uh, looking, considering a virtual assistant, considering this, considering that. Have you thought about this? Here's three things you need to do before you get a virtual assistant. And then what we do is we steer them to maybe considering what you offer. You know, three mistakes people make when they hire a virtual assistant. Because tell me again what your your business isn't virtual assistants. It's. Yeah, we're food
0: service brokers.
1: Oh, perfect. Okay, great. So we answer those questions. We ask those questions. If you're looking for this and you're looking for this, try this. And it spits out content that drives them to our solution. But it connects with them in a way that says, hey, we understand the solutions you're looking for and you may look for this. And now we've got videos and ad content that are solutionary. And so you've got a food service pro that now has consumed your content and sees you as an expert because you can he can empathize, you're empathizing with him and the problems he might have or she might have. And then then you're also producing content that if you're looking for these types of solutions, here's the questions you should probably ask. Again, as they're moving down the funnel, getting closer to buying the product, uh, you now have started to offer some solutions and put your product within context of the other solutions they might be looking at. And the final one is the product, which is oftentimes that first meeting. So if if somebody's going to schedule a call with you or what's that first step to hiring Nick, what's that first step to hiring Nick?
0: Yeah, it would be an, an interview. So I present our, our our deck about our company. Yeah, that'd be the first step to hiring us.
1: Awesome. And do you have a name for that? Name for that call? No, no
0: it's, just, no uh, worries. No it's worries. just really just a pitch deck.
1: Yeah. So so that's that's what we could ultimately call. It. We have an is, does, means formula. And the is, does, means okay. formula is really cool. After somebody's consumed that, now you're producing content where you are actually just selling that first appointment. Now imagine, I'm a food service pro. I've been consuming your content for now 30, 60, 90 days. I'm connecting with the problems that you solve. You've talked about some of the problems that I'm facing. I've looked at you, you clearly understand the solutions I'm looking for. And now you're inviting me to a 20 minute call. What it is, it's a 20 minute call. What it does is, does means what it does is we clearly understand where you are and where you want to go. And we map out the specific roadmap to get you where you want to go. And what it means for you is you will have confidence and clarity on the direction you want to go moving forward. And again, all that can be parsed, created, and produced in a video script from chat GTP3, so you don't have to be a, a copywriter. And we plug in is, does, means formula. And you say, what is the 20-minute call? What is mm-hmm. it, What does it do for the client? You fill that out. What does it mean? What does it mean? Is it confidence? Is it security? Is it uh, clarity? Or is it just, you know, the peace of mind to know that you're going to go and do, go do this or there's a guarantee, whatever it is, you fill that out and then it spits out a video script where you get in front of the camera and you shoot it. And now you've got a really clean video script on the product you offer, which in this case is a 20 minute, no obligation call to see if you can serve them.
0: How would somebody sign up for that workshop?
1: Uh, if you go to smart90workshop.com. Smart90, smart ninety I, uh, nine zero. Oh, sorry, smart90workshop.com. Smart nine, zero workshop.com. And in that workshop, I always get two or three people and I'll put you on the spot. There was a couple of dealers last time and it's fun. It's all fun. Yeah. But what I'll ask you to do is tell me your name, what business you're in and pitch your business. If you would, you got, you know, 90 seconds and then you go and you do it. And then I show you a framework that's like super simple. And once you see how simple it is, you're like, Oh my gosh, I show you the framework. And then I say, follow this framework. And then Watch the difference it makes just by reorganizing how you say what you say. And then all that can also be ported into Chat GTP three or four. And it can spit out multiple variations of video scripts. And you'll never wonder, you know, what it is, is it's a shortcut where you don't need a copywriter. What it does view is it just organizes all the stuff that's in your head, but in a really clean way to create a video script like that, eliminating a copywriter and eliminating 30 days to wait for copy coming back, it's instant. And then finally, what it means is you've got these scripts in front of you that you can pick and choose which one you want and you go. And it's just a beautiful way to do that. And so that's the main problem I'm solving for small businesses right now is figuring out what to say, how to say it, and get it done faster. It turned out I was looking for this real complicated thing and it was like, keep it simple, keep it simple.
0: You had the idea and then there's a software. Do you have a a background in building software or how did you create that?
1: Yeah. So in 2018, we built up a tech company as digital marketing, social media, but it's also a tech company. We built social media software where we plugged into like 2000 dealers. We were publishing campaigns. So we had a real strong technical background. And me and my partner, um, we're working on it and he happened to be on my workshop. And I wish I could tell you that I was like, I knew exactly where I was going to go. He calls me as soon as the workshop's over. And we have these manual frameworks. And so I would teach, say, Nick, I just share like a framework and you go, okay, cool. And then I go, yeah, go to like, go to chat GTP3 and now plug it in. And you do it and you're like, okay, I'll try to remember to do that. If I don't get busy getting this call, my, my buddy calls me up. He's like, right. dude, let's plug it in. And he goes, there's an API. Let's do this. And I said, okay. So I've got another workshop coming up in like a week. I said, can we get it done in a week? And he's like, oh man, it's going to be some long nights said, I'm in, let's do it. So for one week solid, we put our heads down, said, let's just do a beta and see if we could serve people, give them a money back guarantee. If they don't like it, send it back, can't use it. And a couple of people did. A couple of people said, look, I have this big company with all these different things that didn't work for me. All the small businesses said, you just saved me massive amounts of time, massive amounts of energy. Mm. And we built it in a week. We launched it and it sits right on top of gtp 3 now Pro and .5, and we we'll are plug it into four. And now we're just excited where we could take it because we see all the different things that we could do with it. But that was it. We were on a workshop. We decided let's make it easier for our customers because they all said the same thing. How do I, and now I know what to say. Now I know how to say it. How do I get it done faster? gtp 3 interestingly enough, crazy wasn't fast enough because you'd produce one piece of content at a time and kind of labor along. Then the idea was, Nick, what if, if you wanted a 30 day campaign, what would that look like? And everybody was like, I don't know, like four emails, one a week, 12 posts, two or three posts a week, and give me some ads and maybe a blog done. And, oh, but I want to do it probably two or three times because I got three (laughs) avatars. No problem. We'll give you unlimited editing And they were like, okay. And so I said to my developer, can we do that? And he said, yeah, let's do it. All for
0: for $197 per campaign? (laughs)
1: Yeah. Oh, oh, no, it's 197 unlimited campaigns per month. It's a monthly fee, but you could do, if you got three Uh, services, you know, or you got three different avatars, or I didn't, go ahead and knock it out. You got six, knock it out, you know? And so we just decided, at least for the beta, that's what it is. And EOers- EORS is a save ninety discount. I'll say this for for your viewers: if you type yeah. in save ninety, you get the one ninety seven. It's nineteen ninety seven for retail. If you do save ninety, okay. all caps or all lowercase, it's one ninety seven a month, and you lock in that discount for for as long as you want it.
0: Wow i I feel like um, you know that emoji where it has the mind blown. That's how <laughs> I feel right now. Well, uh, this is incredible. <laughs>
1: Yeah. When we were demoing it, I remember I was sitting at the table having dinner with my kids, 10 and 13. He said, it's ready. And I said, okay. And kind of like the Alexander Graham Bell, like, what do I say the first time? I said, oh, I'll do a campaign for us, for AI Content Pro. And so I typed in my information, our uh, ideal customer is a business owner, and what problems we solve. I don't know what to say. I don't have the time to get it all produced and I need it done faster. And I want 30 days of of content like now. And it was like 130 days of content now. And there's all my four emails, my 12 hours. And I literally had that like uh, goosebumps on the back of my neck. I said, I think we got something here. Cause I said, this is all usable. We'll post this tomorrow. And and off we were running.
0: Wow. What do you think is next for, for AI? What, what is kind of the next evolution and, and what are you preparing for?
1: Wow. The first thing I I wish I could say was a really optimistic thing. There's some dark things I think are coming that actually make me really, really nervous. I don't know how much you want to go into here. I've got two kids, but I think there's some really dark things that are coming on AI that I think are going to be super addictive and um, I think are going to transform relationships in not such a great way. I think it's going to get confusing to understand what reality is and what reality isn't as if that's not already difficult enough. There's a there's a product like Synthesia as an example. Great product. Synthesia is a great example. You create an avatar and you could plug in a script. Like let's just say Nick wanted to have a female pitch person for your business. Sure. Synthesia, you choose an avatar, you can have oh by the way, AI Content Pro speaks I think it's like 36 languages. It's like everything <laughs> under the sun. If you want a campaign in Spanish, it's it's ridiculous. Uh, but Synthesia does too. So let's just say you choose an avatar Okay. And you take your video script that we just talked about. You you go, I don't want to do the video. I don't have time. I'm, I'm going, you plug it in and you could have an avatar woman, man, any ethnicity in any language do that. Now it's a little awkward because it doesn't have the same eyebrow sort of features that normally we would have. It has, but that's today, give it three months, six months, and it'll be virtually indistinguishable from a real person and it, it starts to blur lines about what's real. I mean, you've seen deep fakes on social media right now where you see the Tom Hughes yeah. deep fakes and it's just yeah. some other dude. And so what's real and what's not? So there's a whole dark side to that, that um, I'm e- people like Elon Musk that are significantly smarter than me are probably wrestling and stuff like that. I don't know other than I'm just doing the best I can to protect my kids from some of this and educate them I look at it in a really unemotional way, and I just look at it, and I say, how can I help my clients today? I heard um, Gary Vee say something that totally resonated with me. They were like, what's the future look like? He goes, I got uh, I don't want to say it, but he goes, I got no effing clue. No effing clue, like no (laughs) effing clue where it's going. He goes, but I can tell you where it is today, and I'm using it today. And for you people that are saying, well, I'm going to wait on the sidelines to see where it goes, you're missing it. Do it today. Start today, and use it just how it is now. And they're saying, "Well, what if it's not relevant anymore? What if Instagram is irrelevant anymore? What TikTok?" Don't worry about it. It is now. If LinkedIn Mm -hmm. is relevant for your audience now, use it now. A year from now, two years from now, five years now, it may be different. But think about how things are lying now, and use it to your advantage. And so. I had clients come in and, and I they were asking me about the morality of some of this and plagiarism. And I said, it's all editable content. My recommendation would be run it through grammarly because there's ways to cleanse the to cleanse the blog as an example. You can okay. cleanse the blog. Like there was an article in Google that said if you take a blog that you write using AI right now, you may get dung because it'll recognize that it was written by chat, GTP3. So now people are running it through like Grammarly, cleaning it up a little bit, making their own and uploading it. Another article just came out and said, you may get dung, but you may not. If people are interacting with it, if people are backlinking to it, if people are enjoying it and interacting with it, then it's going to reward you. So with that being said, it's I'm looking at it as I've got clients again. I think of them as like down the street. What can I do to help that person survive this weekend, this month and this year? I can help them share share their their business with the community, and I can do that by making uh, content more accessible, more easily created, and cheaper, and more effective. It's better, like Dr. Robert Cialdini is now writing their content, (laughs) you know, (laughs) for a local local restaurant, like my my sushi restaurant. I love my sushi restaurant, and he saw one of my videos. He goes, could you help me? So he's joining our coaching program, my sushi guy. I love it, it's like right here in Lisa (laughs) Viejo. And uh, I, to me, that's really fun. And I love working with the Fords and the Chrysler's and the GMs. But like where you can see your sushi guy run an ad and he gets a great result, and that's really cool. That makes me happy.
0: That is cool. That is cool. And Scott,
1: how can somebody
0: connect with you on social media? I've seen you on YouTube and, and LinkedIn, Instagram. How can they connect with you? How do they find you?
1: Yeah, b- best way to connect with me. Thank you for that is uh, just go to scottemperingham.com. And on scottempringham.com, E-M-P-Ringham, uh, there's access to my workshop, access to my coaching programs, access to my online course. And uh, even they can book a call with me and we do some authority framework work on those calls. We say, listen, we'll do a free discovery call. What it is, it's a 20-minute discovery call. What it does for them is walks them through kind of where they are and assess any challenges they have right now. And we can help them direct them to either our course, our coaching program, or maybe a full service package. Amazing.
0: Scott, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today. I, I've learned so much. I, I mean, I've written down so many notes and, in you know this ai it's i believe from what it sounds like it's been around for a little while but i think it's just now coming to the forefront to the average uh let's just say the average american you know it's hearing it and seeing it more and i think there's a lot of people who are going to take a lot of nuggets away from this so thank you
1: awesome my pleasure my pleasure thank you so much for having me i look forward to catching up with you again thanks so much scott